my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Welcome, everybody, to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast brought to you by Beach Commute. Got Jeff and Marissa here today. Jeff, coming to you. I'm back in California. I'm at home. I'm with my dog. I've got a snoring sleep apnea bulldog, (laughs) and I couldn't be happier. Marissa, where are you at? I'm in Bali today, which I'm so excited. I've been here for the last, I think maybe four days in. I'll be here for a little while. And it's like one of the first places I came as a longtime nomad. One of my favorite places in the world. And I haven't been back in about four, four years. So I'm super pumped, but it's also four years, I think. It's crazy. But I also, it's early morning my time and Jeff is, so Jeff is, a for those of you guys listening, Jeff is a morning person when it comes to work. I am a like afternoon, evening person when it comes to my brain functioning. But because of our time zones, it's evening for Jeff and it's morning for me. So you get the worst of both of us today. <laughs> <laughs> you get the worst of both worlds. You get the bottom 20% of our mental capacity coming from both sides. So hopefully combined, you'll get 40% of a podcast. Might be a little delirious. But, but if if nothing else, it's going to be entertaining. Yes. Marissa's Always. in her sweet spot. If you, if you haven't listened to Marissa before, give her a beach. Give her some warmth. Give her some sunshine. I see bamboo in the background, yes. some tropical plants, and so she's in her happy place. Back so, in the happy good. place. With Martha in her happy place. <laughs> Me with my sleep apnea bulldog. We're going to yes. get through this. And, and today- and Diego can't even yep. join us before we jump in. Diego's in Istanbul. So between our- t- This is like a nomad nightmare. I feel like the three of our time <laughs> zones right now, I guess Diego's probably sleeping in the middle of the night. So you might get two of us for a little bit, but that's part of the fun of nomading. We're, we're really all over the world. So Jeff, introduce. What are we talking about today? Today, we're going to talk about the five mistakes that are holding you back from getting a remote job. And I'm going to, the way that we're going to structure this is I'm going to interview Marissa because Marissa's worked with hundreds of clients and she's got data points on data points on data points that this, that, that point to these main problems that always come back. They're always recurring problems that she deals with on a daily basis with her clients. So we're going to go through each one of these five main points that always come up and ways to deal with those. So. Five points of what? I don't think you even shared. <laughs> five five points five points of mistakes. Sorry. Did I say we got the bottom twenty percent? The five mistakes. <laughs> I did say the five mistakes Maybe that are I holding you back. Five mistakes that are holding you back from getting a remote job. Okay. Maybe you did say it and I'm not I don't know. <laughs> Either way. Ladies and gentlemen, Marissa is not a coffee drinker, nor did she listen to our coffee episode. We're going to forgive her. All right. Nonetheless, she is an expert in the area. She worked with hundreds of clients on getting remote jobs, and she's identified the key mistakes that most people make. And we're going to address those today, or rather, Marissa is going to address those today, and we're going to go bullet point by bullet point. So, Marissa, first question, what is the number one mistake that happens? (laughs) 
that keeps people from getting a remote job? Go. Great question. This feels like a Jeopardy question. And I'm going to go in order of kind of like the order that they happen in is what we're going to do for these five. So the first one starts with not knowing what you want to do. So this seems simple. A lot of people, when you think of, you know, I can't get a job, you think of already applying to jobs and not hearing back. And we're going to get to that towards the end of the episode. But I want to rein it in and start from the very beginning, which is you have to know what you want to do. And I would say, well, there's a statistic that says 85% of people are miserable in their jobs. This might be a US statistic, but I work with clients all over the world, just faces. (laughs) 85. 85. And not only unhappy, like miserable in their jobs. I found this to be worldwide. Like we, you know, I have clients all over the world and so many people are just kind of doing what they got into. They don't like it. So not only are you thinking like, what can I do remotely? Most people don't even know what job, you know, you want to do in general. So the thought of trying to, you know, go live across the world and do a job you hate is so hard to think when you're already like, what would I even do if I just stayed in in my home state or, you know, country. So really getting clear on this is one of the best things you can do. So remote or not, this is actually one of my all-time favorite topics to help people with. It's what a lot of people come to me for, for coaching, which is just like, what should I do with my career? What do I love? And for me, it's really simple. I have a five-step process to walk people through to understand like pretty quickly what you actually want to do. And then once you have this really tailored focus, it's so much easier to find a remote job because instead of searching, you know, scouring the world, like, you know, for, for anything possible and not really ever getting anywhere, right? It's like, it's kind of the same with marketing. It's like when you talk to everyone, you talk to no one. So hmm. you get nowhere. And rather instead, when you're like, I want to do, you know, project management for, you know, a travel ethics company. Let's say that. Like I, I talked to someone about that recently or someone who talked about ethical traveling was one of her passions. Then you have so much clarity. You can go find what you want to do. You can search for those companies. You can search for those jobs. You can put the time and build the network and prove that that's like, it just comes across when you interview, when you talk, when you apply that you're so passionate about it. So that's the short of it. Easier said than done. You know, inside of our course, this is something that we absolutely walk you through to help you. But that's that's the number one in a nutshell. Any questions there? <laughs> I got you right as you're taking a sip of your drink. <laughs> yes, I'm going to challenge you. It feels it, it is 6 p.m. I'm having a cider, ladies and gentlemen. This is this may be this marks the first drinking episode. Jeff has for had Jeff a Baker. week. <laughs> I've I had a week. Jeff. <laughs> we can announce it. As a matter of fact, I did. I quit my job. Maybe this, this will be a, this will be a oh. separate. This will be a separate podcast. But I, okay. I quit my job, so I'm now. What am I? What am I now? <laughs> Who am I? On my I? own? Who am I? What do I do? I don't know what I do. Save it for another time. It's been we'll a big week. Another time. So you know, it's a huge deal. Yeah, Mr. Right. CMO has resigned. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna get a lot more of me. <laughs> we'll better share more soon. All right, let's bring it back. I want to challenge you a little bit because this feels a little bit like high school job fair. Like, what do I want to do? How do I figure out what do I want to do? And it's, and for me, it was always uh, analysis paralysis. There's when there's Mm -hmm. way too many options, I make zero options and I sit there and I put on a (laughs) Netflix binge show and I'll do absolutely nothing. Right. How do you take somebody? and narrow down their path and get them to a place where, okay, I don't have to make a million decisions. I can make one of like three decisions. How do you get there? 
Yeah, it's a great question because so many people assume that this is the really hard part. And actually the hard part are sort of the the mindset that comes with it. So let me explain what I mean by that. When I work with a client or when someone takes our course, it goes through the exact same process. I have a list of seven questions that I ask that get to the heart for me of what you should, I say quote, should be doing, like what you would really love to do most in the world. And it starts kind of pie in the sky for someone because it's like, well, can I make money doing that? Like, am I qualified to do that? Do I have any experience doing that? Is everyone going to judge me for doing that? Can I leave the job I've been doing for one year, six years, 10 years, 20 years to pursue this random thing that I love, right? So for me, the clarity, like I can ask you these questions and tell you probably in 30 minutes, like the career you would probably be the happiest in the world doing. The work then comes, this is why like with a lot of one-on-one clients and we have some of this in our course as well, but those questions I asked earlier where it's like, I'm scared to quit my job. What about the money? What if I've never done this? What if I don't like it? It's so scary to take that leap to do the new thing. And that's where the hardness comes. So mostly it's it's pretty crystal clear what you're interested in and what you're really good at. Those are the kind of, so I would say when if, if I narrow down within those seven questions, it's kind of split into two categories, which is like, what is the topic that I'm interested in, right? Like, what is that thing you can never stop talking about? What are you reading about? What are you following on social media? Like what feels like, Someone should be paying, like you would be paying someone to do because you just love it so much, right? And then the other part of that is then like, what's your zone of genius is what I call it, which is what are you naturally really good at? Like, do you love talking on a microphone? Do you love researching things? Do you love finding out information? Do you love analyzing numbers? Do you love, like, are you good with people? Are you good with emotions? Like there's, there's so many things that people just never asked us in school. And this is the work that I do with my clients to really nail down like, what should you be doing? So that's the high level part of it. But that's, yeah, that's the process to do. And then once that's clear, it's it's so easy to hit the ground running with the job search. It's interesting because you kind of take the black magic out of it because you could look at this and just think, (laughs) you could think, oh, this is just totally subject, open-ended and doesn't, but, but really what you've established is kind of a decision tree right? It's, it's almost mm-hmm. like for the mechanical brains out there, a decision tree is just kind of like yes or no questions that lead you down a certain path yeah. to an ultimate answer based on the questions that you've asked. And that, that's kind of what you've outlined here, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's what's inside the course. Like I've taken my process of doing this with so many clients, which I started so many years ago. And it's so fun to then say, okay, this is what I'm doing across everyone. How do I know I'll put this like into uh, a process that anyone can do without me? And that's what we've, we've mm-hmm. done in our government employment course, right? And so many people who have taken the course who just think that the goal of it is like, how do I, you know, find a remote job and get it actually walk away from the course being like, actually, one of the most helpful parts was knowing what I want to do with my life. It's like a, an unintended byproduct, which is which is my specialty. But it's fun because I've set it up in a way that I just like can ask you the questions where it's, I'm not saying it's like almost remove the lens of thinking about a career and just answer the questions I've asked you really freely. By the end of it, it like, you know, I say accidentally, it will feel accidental to you, but it takes you a step at a time leading you exactly to what career you should be doing. Now, whether you, you know, have the mental courage to pursue it, that's really the the hard part. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a pretty, it's very simple steps to figure it out. The harder part yeah. is again yeah having the courage to to pursue it because there's so much that comes along with quitting and changing careers and all of that yeah it kind of removes that whole fear of oh my god there's a million things i could do and it just takes a step by step like it turbo taxes you right to 
the, the final exactly. answer that makes it and really it's clear. also like the best i know we're spending a lot of time on this particular one but it's good because it's, it's such a good topic but there's, there's it's so the icebreaker it's what gets people into it that's it's yeah. like a really really important it's, it's maybe the maybe the biggest or it is the earliest barrier yeah. maybe the biggest barrier yeah there's also such a you talk about like you know you take away the thing and you just find what you want to do but i also want to explain with this process that it's really like the best next thing to do and so many put people put pressure on you know let's say you're in a job now that you know you don't really like you don't know what's best a lot of people will stay paralyzed and and try to figure out like what's my big life purpose what's the career that i'm never going to have to switch again for the next you know 40 years or until i die or whatever right but really the way you should be thinking about that is like what's the next best thing i can do because a lot of times it's just taking a step and saying let me try this thing and maybe you do the next thing because it's the thing you're most excited about now and then you start doing that thing and it's like oh okay I really like these parts of this job, but actually this part doesn't feel quite right. But I've learned about this whole new other sort of career or category because I'm now closer that I never would have discovered or thought about or found or these new skills that I never knew I had. And so, you know, when I think about careers, it's so different than, you know, think about the generation before us where it's you go to company and you work there for the next 40 years, whether you love it or hate it, it just is what you do. But now there's so much more, I think there's still a little bit of a stigma, especially with people around our age, where it's like, I should stay at this place for a year to two years, to three years, because, you know, it looks good on my resume and said I would, but the quicker you can kind of jump now and try out and explore these things and be willing to pivot if you don't like that, you know, if the next thing isn't perfect, you're going to get way sooner to where you actually want to be and what you love doing than if you just sit there in the same job that you hate mm. trying to brainstorm what it is you love. I would say like action leads to clarity. So you gotta, yeah. you gotta start taking action. So things. point number one is, is very, very individual and it's very, yeah. very difficult. Write, write us in hello at beachcommute.com. <laughs> check out our, check out our course. All right. I mean, this podcast alone, I will just say as a caveat, this podcast podcast alone is not going to solve podcast. Here we go. <laughs> Bottom 20%, right? It's not going to solve all of your problems. You're going to have to dig deeper. This is just yeah. kind of a preview. What we're getting into is previews and we're, we're going to give you just a taste of, of what we've seen, right? So we, you may, if you are in phase number one, mistake number one, write us a note. Hello at beachcommute.com. With that, let's let's jump into the second mistake that yeah. uh, generally holds people back. What have yeah. you got? So the next one is that you don't believe that you will kind of ever be qualified to do this new job that you want to do or a remote job that you already, you know, let's say you already are doing what you love if you're in the 15% that aren't miserable in your job. But like, how do you do it remotely? How do you kind of switch into something <laughs> is so many people, but let's, let's talk about someone kind of wanting to, whether it's do a full pivot or pivot into something a little bit different or sort of a remote version. It's just not believing you have the qualifications. And there's a fun fact, even looking at men versus women is, is fun to kind of split this. So I know it's, you know, not the same this isn't like a rule across every male and every female or any gender, transgender, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. But as a just kind of official sort of stat that people have put out there, so bear with Confidence us for, gap. for a second. <laughs> 
Yeah. So mm-hmm. typically men will look at a job description and I can't remember the exact number, but if it checks, let's say there's like 10 qualifications. If it checks, if they can do kind of like three or four of them sort of well and the rest, like maybe they've never even done, men mm-hmm. will literally look at that job and be like, I got this. I could do that. I could apply to this job and do well. Again, that's, that's kind of a generalization. But when women look at that same job, if they don't check a hundred percent of those boxes, they'll look at that and say like, I'm not qualified to do this job, right? And so, it's a very job, no. There's a very, very good scientific study on it. I think we we might be talking yeah. about the same article. It's called "The Confidence Gap," is written by the yeah. Atlantic. We'll send yeah. it out in the show notes. But it's yeah, men will overrepresent their capabilities by something around like ten to twenty percent per <laughs> the job spec, and women right. will underrepresent their capabilities by yeah maybe even a more proportionate amount. Yeah, no, it's it's, yeah. it's very very real. Yeah. There was all these uh, memes when Kanye West was talking about applying for president. They're like, if Kanye is like confident to apply, like to say he'll be president, like ladies go after those jobs. I loved that. that, that But anyway, with that, if you think about a job description that's posted, so let's say you identify the new, a little bit different sort of remote job that you want to do after part one of what we just went through, right? You've graduated to part two here and you're looking at these job descriptions, just thinking like, these aren't for me. I can't do this. I have no experience. So what we want you to know with that is job descriptions. Think about the company who's writing them. They are looking for the most perfect thing that they could possibly think about and writing that on paper. It's it's usually a unicorn that doesn't exist because if it does, that person is usually way overqualified and wouldn't pay like they'd be asking for a way higher salary usually than like what a job description would give, right? So how you should be approaching this is when you are searching for jobs and you look at these job descriptions, if you think you could do part of them, if you think you could learn, if you think that you could be someone who once you get in that job could figure out how to do a good job and maybe you've got, you know, it really depends on what it is, how much background you actually need or experience. But if something says like, you know, you need three years and, you know, sales experience with, you know, within a software tech company. And you're looking at that and you're like, I'm really good with people. And maybe I, I use this sort of software and I'm a really good learner. And like, I know I could learn this stuff. Like, don't let that stop you from applying because it says you need three to five years, because ultimately what that company wants is someone who can, you know, those are learnable things. You can learn how to you know, about software, you can learn the tech side, you can learn a couple of sales, you know, techniques, if they have a good training system. But if you're the type of person who is great at talking to people, and that's your skill set, and that's your zone of genius, and this company sounds fun, you know, you want to go for it. So I would say just, you know, there's, there's a lot to be with all of these five things, like I could talk for hours about each of them. But for the, the purposes of this sort of number two, if we bring it back, it's just like a lot of people assume they're not qualified, or let's say, again, you're, you're pivoting and you have no experience, let's just say sales, because that's what I was talking about. Find ways to like go volunteer for like a nonprofit and do some sales stuff for them for a month, right? Or see if you're at your company, if there's some sales stuff you could do, or like just kind of start your own random thing just to say, yeah, I've got some sales experience and now I'm going to go start applying for these sales things. So that's another quick trip, which we'll kind of talk about into number three as well. But yeah, number two is just like, don't feel, even if you feel underqualified, go for it, do it because you might be the right person. And that company might say like, Hey, I see like, okay, Jeff doesn't have this experience, but like, we like his personality. We can see he's a go-getter. He's a quick learner. Like, I think he would rock this job, even though he's never done it. Like we want to give him a chance. So that's what I would say as go about this process. 
I think one of the takeaways that I have from this is that when, and having written plenty of job descriptions, I'm coming at it from the standpoint, I'm going to just come at you from the standpoint of a a hirer, somebody that's actually hiring for a position and writing yeah. a job spec, which I've created yeah, plenty of job specs great. before. Talk to us about that. And it's exactly what you said. It's like build a bear. Like I'm trying to create <laughs> my ideal person. Like I'm trying to create a robot which has every single part that fits in the right place. Yeah. And when I'm creating this job spec, I don't expect that this person exists. <laughs> right. I'm just I'm all I'm kind of doing this for me to understand what this person should be able to do at some point. Right. It's not like I expect that they're going to be able to do it right off the bat. Usually what I'm looking for is somebody that can learn these kind of things. Yeah. And for the most part, I'm going to talk with somebody. I'm going to look for a general level of intelligence unless it's something like critical like yeah. you're a coder and you need and you don't know html <laughs> sorry you're not there <laughs> you know right, right. You, you do need to have some sort of like common sense judgment when you're looking at these kind of things but for the most part when i'm creating these job specs this is like an eventuality that i'm looking for by the time i've hired somebody and they're fully trained up i want them to be able to do these things and this is not a requirement right off the bat so if you yeah. don't know how to do a few things do not let that discourage you. Let your resume fly. Put it out in the wild. Like this is that's got to go in. And if you get an interview, say like I'm interested in these topics and I can learn these topics with confidence because you yeah. probably can. So yeah. So from my point of view, if you have some of them, and usually if I've got just a few of the qualifications, a few of the critical ones that I know you you can't re you can't replace like i know google analytics like if you don't know google analytics you don't know it there's and you're not going to be able to fake that there are some things that you're going to be able to learn on the job so right. that's that's a really critical point cool let's let's go to our third point the third mistake that'll hold you back going through a chronological sequence what is that yeah so the next one is thinking that you're going to need I would say more education is probably the right word, but, you know, more training, more formal education, like months or years or tens of thousands of dollars of kind of ongoing education before you're ready to do this next job. And again, this especially applies if you're pivoting, let's say, and you're, you know, transitioning into something new that you, let's say you go through the process with, with our course or with me and, you know, you discover you want to do something brand new and it will hold so many people back because you're like, okay, but like, I need to have you know, a master's degree in this, or I need to go get this like 12 month certification and, you know, go to the best place and spend all the money and all the things, right? Excuse me. So one of the things that I am a really big fan of in, in this day and age is like, you can find and learn anything online. There's so little time that are like so few actual jobs that you need <laughs> training for. Yes. So little time. So little times in this early morning where my brain does not work. So few times where you actually have to go back to school. So again, if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be a lawyer, if you want to, I don't know, those are really the two main, a veterinarian, right? Like there's, there's things where, yes, like you are going to have to go to school and spend the years and do the things. But for most of the jobs, I would say like 99% of the jobs that we're talking about, there are, you know, free trainings online or on a hundred dollar training, or, you know, maybe it's a couple hundred dollars or something if you find one that you really like, but you can get these 
certifications or just watch a bunch of YouTube videos. You can train yourself. Like if you wanted to do graphic design, right? Let's just say you're like, suddenly you discover that's your passion and you've never done it before. As Jeff was saying, like, that's something that if I'm looking for a graphic designer, I'm not going to say, all right, you have zero experience, come do it and learn on the job. Like you're going to need to show you can do that somewhat, but you don't have to go to, to, you know, two years of graphic design school. You can learn a lot, you know, you can, and I'm sure there, there are amazing programs. I'm sorry if there's graphic designers out there who I'm like, totally, you're going to be cursed um, at right now. I'm cursed People at right now. People are their fist at their phone right now. How dare you? I've got four years of experience. Thing. Yeah. $100,000. Yeah. I know. And nothing, you know, can, that is a great thing to do. And it's a great base to start. And if you knew that's what you wanted to do when you started out in your schooling, like that is great. But there's so many sort of online programs and things that are just way less expensive or free YouTube tutorials and all these things that you can start doing yourself. And are you going to be at the same level of someone who did the, you know, two years master program right now? Not to start, but you can start somewhere and you start to build up that experience and, for, and, and everything that I've experienced, like you learn so much more on the job. So by doing it, you can continue to you know learn about graphic design, read about it, practice it, study it, watch other people doing it. And when you start doing it as a job, you'll get better and better and better on the job. So that's just one example. But as a whole, like really be creative with the free trainings online and all the different things that you can find resources. So again, if you wanted to become... Um, project manager or copywriter, right? You don't have to go back to school to become a copywriter. Like there's, you know, study books, study, go on YouTube, take a course, like Mm. start. And I say a course, like, you know, a course like we teach, like an online course that you can find. So don't let this hold you back thinking like, I'm going to have to go back to school for two years and spend, you know, $50,000 to transition into this. You really can do it in creative and clever and like quick and inexpensive ways. Let's almost bring it back to the previous point here, uh, which is going to tie into this point here, because having hired quite a bit in the past as a CMO, I've had to hire other marketers that have come in and I've seen everything in terms of qualifications. We're going to, we're going to keep this all in the context of qualifications. And I know that there are degrees out there where you can get, you can get a degree in digital marketing. It's my certificate. My certificate says I am a digital marketer, (laughs) right? And you're going to get me all wound up because I've actually had a podcast with a guy where college came to him. Just a sidebar on this for unqualifications. A guy came to him from the college and says, hey, we just accepted tuition from 30 or 40 students for digital marketing degrees. We haven't built a curriculum yet. Can you help us build a curriculum? <laughs> and he goes like, are you they out of your mind? You. Oh, How much did guy. you? Yeah. Ask this guy that I was interviewing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's an expert in making SEO courses, digital marketing courses, that kind of stuff. They already collected the money. Money was in the bank. And these kids thought they were going to be digital marketers. They had no course. They had no course yet. Wow. No curriculum, right. And so $50,000 in debt. The guy said, absolutely not. So <laughs> let me, let me bring this back around to my, my hiring experience. If somebody came to me with this digital marketing qualification, I'd say, Shove it. It's kind of like some like a like a bartender. If somebody comes <laughs> with a them, Jeff, shove it. <laughs> if, after a couple depends on if it's after six PM. Yeah, then, fair, then fair, I start getting fair. a little little rough and tumble, <laughs> a little rough around the edges, I guess. But it's the same thing as like 
if you had a if if a bartender was hiring and somebody said they came up and they had a bartender's license, right? That that doesn't necessarily make you right. And I've hired people as digital marketers who were English majors and they're fantastic. Yeah. They grew into the role and right. they were able to take on the responsibilities. They were able to take courses. They're able to learn on the job. Also a very, very, something we probably haven't covered enough is that you can learn on the job if you yeah. get hired. And there's an yeah. expectation that you will learn on the job after you get hired. And we've done that plenty. I've hired digital marketers with zero experience in digital marketing. They were a great personality fit. They had a lot of confidence coming in the door. They said, you know what? I can learn this stuff. I yeah. know I know that there's something for me. And they dove right in. They learned digital marketing, web analytics, SEO, all that kind of stuff. So really like that, you can find the qualifications and you, and you can learn them on the job. You don't need to have some fancy degree that's going to keep you back. You don't need to be mentally held yeah. back because you don't, because you think you don't have the qualifications when you can obtain those qualifications. Yeah. Yeah. I love your added just kind of color from coming from that world of people that you've hired and in in your company and and because you guys do really, you know, really specific work that people need really specific skills, but yeah, as you're saying, so many people come and they don't come in with every single qualification. They you know, you teach them or someone at the company teaches yeah. them or you learn together and yeah, that's what we're getting at here. So yeah, and we're coming to, coming around to a theme. We're kind of coming around to a theme here is just people not pulling the trigger because they think that they're not good enough for stuff. Yeah, when you can, <laughs> you can be good enough. Approaching. <laughs> this is this is. Are we hitting though. a hitting the harmony yes. line there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I help people with like relationship with this that. Like that's that's a, yeah. the secret to life. If you're listening, guys, from all my coaching experience, the secret of life is like just have confidence in, in yourself. I know we're we're getting really meta now, but I mean, with anything in life, when it comes to traveling, right? Like I'm going to be lonely. It's going to be scary. Like just have the confidence, and you learn as you go, and we'll help you along the way. Yeah. But anyway, yes, I love that you've seen that theme, Jeff. Very wise. <laughs> we 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 digress slightly, but let's go. We've got two more points. Okay, we've yes. got. The fourth mistake, chronologically, yeah. that holds people back. What is that? Yes. Yeah. All right. So you're you're past these first three. You're you know what you want to do. You're believing you're qualified, even if you're not really yet. You know you don't need more training. The next is where do you find these jobs? Right. So the next one is that people don't know where to look for these. Now we're specifically talking about you know those remote only. I say remote only, but jobs where company will hire you to work, not just from your city, your state, or your country even, but they will give you the flexibility to say, yes, go go do this job. And I don't care where in the world you're doing it from, as long as you get it done, as long as you have Wi-Fi and you can make calls or meetings or deliverables or whatever it is you want to do. So again, this is something inside the course, but you know, that we teach in, in a lot more detail. But as a whole, uh, the takeaway here is like there are remote only job boards. So you can go, one of them I love for just as an example, it's called like remote okay. So if you go to these or or again there's there's 12 that that I recommend. You know, there's so many you can find. But instead of going to Glassdoor or, you know, monster.com or indeed.com or these, you know, job boards where it's just like a free for all of all the jobs in the world. You want to go specifically so you don't waste your time and find the ones where you can filter it out that say, not only can I do this remotely, but like they'll say specifically kind of like global or work from anywhere in the world. And this is what you're looking for because you want to go in and say, 
yeah, I can do this job while I'm, you know, in Bali, like I am right now, or you get to go back home. Like maybe you want to visit family somewhere where you don't live, or if you want to be in Istanbul, like Diego is right now or anywhere in between. Right. So you got to know where to look specifically for these jobs where companies are fine and okay and supportive of you living this lifestyle. And we can't give away too much because we've got the full list that we do sell, but that's just kind of a preview into into finding where to look for jobs. So that brings us nicely into the fifth mistake, holding people back. The final stage, just getting it over the line, <laughs> just getting over the line. Where do people usually trip up? Yes. Oh my gosh. This is the biggest, biggest one. And I could honestly teach for like two hours about this one, but this last one is applied. We can't so do that today. We will not do that today. I will not do that to you. But the point is, there's a lot to unpack in this one. Uh, So as a whole, the mistake here is that you're, so think about you're on those job boards and you're just submitting your resume kind of like blindly rapid fire to anything that looks good. Just the theory here is normally like, think about like the rapid fire gun where you're like, I'm just going to like shoot my shot and something's going to hit the bullseye, right? If I just apply to a hundred jobs, like something you know, number, the numbers game, something will work out. And this is really the opposite of what you want to do. It's not that that never works like it can, but mostly when you're submitting your resume online, um, like the companies who are hiring get so many resumes. And so it takes something special. It's not that you're not qualified or you're not good enough as we've talked about before, but typically when jobs are, you know, when interviews are given, it's because there's some sort of connection. You've talked to someone, you know, someone at that company, someone has recommended you and it doesn't mean you have to, you know, then you're like, well, okay, well, what if I don't know anyone at my dream company? Right. So this is where I could spend hours and we're not going to go down this path. And this is everything that's in the course as well. But there's so many techniques where you can find people to reach out to at those companies. You can get your foot in the door without knowing, you know, not having any sort of contact friend connection. But the the takeaway I want you to think about here is to really take your time instead of applying, instead of just taking that resume and like submit, 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 submit to a hundred companies. Think about back to that mistake number one, where you got super specific about what you want to do. You want to get super specific about, the, you know, call it five to seven companies that would be a dream for you to work at that you would love to do. And then get to know people at those companies, start talking to them. Start. I, I hate the word networking with a passion because I feel like it comes with such, you know, I don't mm. know that like it's slimy, yeah. that like sort of slimy. It's slimy, it's salesy and, yeah. and inauthentic. Yeah, that's the connotation that people have. But what Mm -hmm. I teach is how to do that in a really authentic way that feels good, not only to you, but to them and allows you to get to know people. So there's another statistic, um, and it varies between 80 and 90% that people will say of jobs that are, you know, companies that are have job openings, 80 to 90% of those jobs are never posted publicly. They're, they're hired, whether it's internally or via a network or someone's suggestion, or maybe mm. just like they post it to their email list. So it's, you know, something like that, where you might not even see jobs that you want to do. So if you're not spending the time really getting to, you know, know these companies, joining their email list, following, reaching out, because then when, when a job becomes available, they're gonna be like, ah, oh, I, I talked to Jeff, like we had a conversation or you know, you're know, you on that email list and you say like, hey, I've been following you. I know everything. I'm, I am I love this company. I'm passionate about it. They're, that's going to stand out more than just submitting a resume and a cover online. So a cover letter, sorry. So those are formalities. You still need to have a great resume, which we, we teach. 
that can hurt you if it doesn't look good, but it's not the thing that gets you the job. And same with the cover mm. letter, but it really takes in depth. And honestly, I spent a lot of time both with my one-on-one clients and inside the course teaching you how do you, you know, find people who work at these companies? How do you email them instead of sending them a message on LinkedIn? Like, how do you I have secret tips? Like, how do you find their email addresses? What do you say? One of the things I usually spend up the most time teaching people is often we're taught, like, I should, let's say I wanted to talk to you. You worked at the company that I really want to work for, Jeff. And most people would, you know, send an email and be like, hey, Jeff, I'm Marissa. Here's my background. Here's why I'm great. Here's everything I do. Because we want to qualify Get them all the time. Right? Yeah, we want mm-hmm. to be like, this is why I'm qualified and why you should spend your time talking to me. But, mm-hmm. and again, this is just sort of top line. If you flip that instead, like Jeff, what if I wrote to you and I was like, hey, Jeff, I see that you've been traveling the world. Medellin is also one of my favorite places in the world. And I love that you love craft beer because I love that too. I'm super interested in SEO. Like I don't quite do it yet, but I see that you've mastered it. I heard a podcast where, you know, you spoke about this topic and I loved what, when you said, quote, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like if you have 20 minutes sometime in the next two weeks to chat, like, would you be open to it? Like which one of those? Interview. Not to say- Total yeah. lock. Abs- <laughs> absolute lock. You had me with yeah. the craft beer. <laughs> right? I, I know you, Jeff. I know you. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now, now you're just now you're just patronizing me. Yeah, I, I understand. That's um, exactly. So no. that's kind of top line. Like I've got some secrets in there that I that I teach people, but it's really a lot of this stuff is not intuitive. It's simple if you learn from the right person, i.e., from us, we'll teach you that. But it's it's not an intuitive process, and that's why so many people get wrong, and that's why so many people get so frustrated when they're like, okay, that's great. I hear that there's these remote jobs. I hear that people are traveling and working. Like I I would love to do X, Y, or Z, but like I've applied in the past and no one's hired me and it's so hard and I can't find it. It's because you're not doing it in the best way, right? Like, and that's, that's what we teach and that's what we want to help you. So you mm. don't waste your time. And a lot of people who've been through our course say, you know, I spent two years, three years, four years thinking about this or wanting to do it or trying to apply to jobs. And after taking this, then they're like, oh, like this, it took me two months. It took me three months. It took me one month. I'm already, mm-hmm. you know, I did it right away. I negotiated because we're teaching you all the shortcuts that, you know, we've learned over the last 10 years. And again, it's not that it's hard, you know, it takes some time and takes some effort, but it's, it's not intuitive. It's a little bit different than the process that you think. A L- little bit more context from the hiring front. So I yeah probably get 20 LinkedIn requests per day and it's, it's purely, it's not, I'm not a celebrity. It just has to do with my title, <laughs> right? People are, people yeah. are searching the title CMO and they yeah. want to apply to the CMO. They want to make an impression to the CMO as they're, impl- as they're applying which they're yeah. doing step one, they're kind of doing right. Where they're failing is everything that you just talked about. Like that you explained the right way to do it. And most of what I see, probably 99% of what I see is the wrong way yeah. to do it. So what they're yeah. trying to do is they're trying to stand out to me. And what they're going to say is usually take a look at my resume. I see that yeah. you're hiring for blah, blah, blah. <laughs> take a look at my resume. I yeah. don't, guess what? Nobody's going to look at your resume. Like anybody yeah. you message on LinkedIn, I don't have time. I don't care. Yeah. Like half of the time, it's not even for the job that I'm hiring for that you're messaging me, right? You yeah. need to you need to stand out. So I have had a few instances where somebody has listened to one of my podcasts. I've got another podcast. Somebody's listened to it and they said, hey, I picked up on like part number blah, blah, blah in minute 42 where you said this and I had some questions on it. I'm like, okay. 
that's got my attention. That is somebody yeah. that is actually interested and done some research. And that really, really stands out. Whereas if you're yeah. just, you can tell as a hirer, if you're just doing a scattershot approach, if you're just doing this, yeah. the shotgun approach, I can tell, like you've sent the same, the same email, the same LinkedIn message to every single person. I don't care. Yeah. Like I've got way bigger <laughs> things. I've got way. And that's the honest opinion. Like CMO it coming is, at yeah. you right here. I don't care. I do not have time. I've got like, <laughs> I've got 150 emails. I've got 20 LinkedIn messages per day. I really, really don't care. So you have yeah. to just, if you take the mindset that nobody's listening to you, then that's mm -hmm. the first, that's the best first step. That's the best first step yeah. to like writing an email is just assuming nobody's going to read it because that's going to put you in the mindset where you're going to say, I need to come up with something very, very clever and unique because I have yeah. to assume that they're not going to read it. And if you assume that somebody's not going to read your message, you're going to create something clever, just like you said. Yeah, yeah exactly. And people love to talk about themselves, right? So it's, it's ironic, like you said, it's like we want to, you know, it makes sense why you want to show that you're qualified to do the job, right? So we talked about it in some of those, those earlier ones too. But yeah, when, when you show that you've taken the time and done the research and care, and that's why it's hard because it, it's scary to say, all right, I'm going to like cut out 80 jobs that I could apply to and say, I'm going to get laser focused and I'm actually going to spend, you know, two hours today researching Jeff and researching this company. And it's time intensive. It takes dedication, but that shows like, it's just so clear on the other end when you do that. And again, I teach in, in super detail. So many of my clients, it's so funny. It's, it seems super simple, but then they're like, but what about this? And, and when they show me their emails, we're like, all right, let's tweak this. Let's do that. Like, it is a it is a learned skill, but once you've nailed it, mm -hmm. like this process becomes so much easier. So, all of this to be said, if we like pull back, so we've we've, we've covered the five things. So if I pull that and look at the bird's eye view, you know, our goal here, like our goal here, is to help you travel the world, right? Like that's first and foremost, number one. And by doing that, or the, you know, the best, quickest, fastest, easy way to do that is to get hired by a company who will you know pay you to do a job while you while you're in Bali, like I am, or you know wherever you want to be in the world. So this is, you know, the way we help you. And we love talking about career and jobs and businesses and all of that. So if you're hearing these five things, we want you to just start start thinking a little bit differently and not to get discouraged to say, you know, I've, I've applied to jobs in the past. I've never heard back. What could I even do? You know, traveling remotely and working as for the special people who exist. Like you can do it if you, if you want some help, we'd love to help you. But just know that when you start thinking about these things a little bit differently, there's it. It really isn't so hard. It, it takes a little bit of dedication and learning, but you absolutely can get a job that you can do while traveling the world is, is the big takeaway here. Yeah, it's it's not as much about like what you don't have, the skills you don't have. It's more of a, it's like a change of mindset, really. Yeah. Everything that we talked about is a change of mindset. I, And I don't want this to turn into this self-help <laughs> mantra or anything like that, because anybody knows me knows that's not me. But it is looking at <laughs> it. It is all you. That's why we we counterbalance each other pretty yeah. well. That's why we do this podcast. But when you look at that job requirement, say yes, I I can probably do that and apply yeah. for it and do a little bit of extra research into the company. Like flattery goes a long way. The person <laughs> sure that does. listed the job requirement when somebody messages me and says, "Hey Jeff, I read your Moz article from 2018." on keyword difficulty and I disagree with you. I'm like, oh my God, I'm talking to you. You're hired yes. already. 
Flattery yeah. goes a long way. And it's a, it's a really yeah. good point. And it's, it's, it's complete. It's like I said, mindset, it's complete opposite mindset to this scattershot approach that most people yeah. do just firing it out all over the place and hoping somebody hits a target. L- let me just give you some statistics. I've hired for a lot of jobs recently. And every time I open up a position within a few days, I'm looking at 200 applicants. I don't have time yeah. to look at, I'm not going to look at 200 applicants. There's no way. Right. There's there's no possible way. So you have to do something different because I'm not, I really don't care about the resume. I don't care yeah. about like, you really need to stand out, message me and do something personal like, like uh, Marissa was talking about. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And there's so many other tips about like ways to get within that company or, you know, a lot of people think you have to go. I made this mistake. I know when I was first in college and interviewing for these, you know, big corporate jobs and people would come Mm -hmm. to our campus and it would be like the CMO and then, you know, just some other like people who were just out of school or some, you know, I say quote, like lower down the, the, the totem pole, right? who were there. And I would always think like, I need to talk to the CMO and I need to meet the most important person. And I was so wrong because when it comes to hiring, like I did a lot of this for Pepsi, you know, I was not the CMO, you know, it's a giant, like multi-billion dollar company, but I was the one making those hiring decisions for our marketing team. And when I would go to campus, even if I was one year, two years, five years out of school, I was the one who was reading the resumes. And I was the one who was like, these three people talk to me after this presentation and uh-huh. they were awesome. Like, you don't even care what the, you know, you'll look at the resume and, and make sure it's, you know, fine or whatever. But, you know, you got to think creatively about how do you get in, you know, how do you talk to other people? And then, you know, maybe I'm the one who's like, hey, Jeff, I know you just got 200 resumes, but I just talked to this person and they're great. Right. So, again, this is all stuff we teach, but like, you got to start thinking differently and find yeah. your ways. And yep. I yeah. couldn't agree more. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. And that wraps up our five. There's so much more. <laughs> we <laughs> really, yeah, we could, I mean, we really could go more in depth, but we're not. We, we need to we'll wrap cover, it up. We'll cover some different topics. Like they'll, they'll be sporadic, but these podcasts are really just like taking little parts of it because all of it, you know, there's so much more we could delve into. So keep listening, check back. We'll cover lots of this stuff over time. And in the meantime, one of our favorite resources, if you don't already have it, is beachcommute.com slash 91. And this will give you a list. This is a fun place, I think, to start a great place when you think about today's topic of like 91 jobs that actual nomads in our community are doing while they travel. And it's a really great resource just to start thinking like, what are real people doing? Like, what are these job titles? Which like, could I see myself doing any of these just to start thinking? So definitely download that guide if you haven't already. And anything else, Jeff, as we wrap up? That's it. Uh, I've used every ounce of my brain power. <laughs> you know, it, it's all diminishing returns for me after three o'clock. So you got the best of the worst <laughs> for for I'm, better I'm or getting, worse. I've gotten better as this podcast. Now has you're, gone on. <laughs> you, yeah, you've you've excelled. Really, I've gone really down. Excelled. We're not going to meet in the middle with that. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining us. The Digital Nomad Experts podcast brought to you by Beach Commute. And we will see you next time.